It's a special crossover edition. We have three hosts. We're going to talk about who we're afraid of on each other's team, what we're worried about, what we're excited about, maybe what we think is our secret weapon on lock today's Locked On Guardians and Locked On Yankees. Nope. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. And again, I want to say thank you for tuning in to Locked On Guardians slash Locked On Yankees. We're going to have some fun with this crossover today. Uh, thank you for making Locked On Guardians and Yankees your first listen today and every day, wherever you get podcasts. I'm Jeff Ellis, one of the hosts of Locked On Guardians. Uh, been here since the inception of the network. Before that, I was a draft and prospect analyst at Scout and 24-7. Uh, Justin, Stacy, who wants to go next in terms of the introduction to the listener who may not know you? Let's let our guest go first. <laughs> Sounds good. We should be polite. I'm Stacy Gatsoulias. I used to write for Baseball Prospectus, The Hardball Times. I even had stuff appear on ESPN. And no, I'm not bragging. It's just amazing that someone who failed English twice in high school got paid to write anything. And I've been hosting Locked on Yankees for four years now. So <laughs> That's very impressive. Uh, I'm Justin Latta. I had the same background as, as Jeff Ellis. I come from uh, Indians Baseball Insider, now Guardians Baseball Insider. I'm the editor there and uh cover prospects in the, in the Guardians minor league system. I've been on every Cleveland sports block you can think of as in terms of uh, Cleveland baseball in the past decade. And now I'm here with Jeff. I think we're five, six, seven. I've already lost count. That's good because things have been good. <laughs> Take uh, what? 801 from whatever the total is. And that's, that, yeah. I got to, that's, but uh, for me, it's fun because I both knew you as writers before I got to, to work with either of you. So in my mind, you're both writers first and it's just, going to stay that way because that's how my mind functions but yeah let's let's get into it let's talk about pitching we were talking a little bit off air about pitching and you know Stacey you were talking about uh, some of this Guardians pitching as a fan of the Yankees is, is a little bit frightening uh, what is it or who is it or specifically you know is it starting is it relieving is it the big two uh, what, what do you what is the Yankee fan perspective on this Cleveland pitching staff well it's pretty much everyone um, especially the starters, though. Um, you know, I watched all the wild card games this weekend as much as I could. You know, the games that were overlapping, I kind of had to go back and forth between them. But I watched basically all 15 innings of your game with the Rays and was just amazed by even the Rays pitching in the game was crazy. No one could do anything. And my first thought was, I don't know if the, I want the Yankees to face either of these teams because of the way the Yankees offense can be shut down by good pitching. Because, you know, you see in the playoffs, good pitching beats good hitting usually. And Yankee fans need to watch out for the Guardians rotation because it's frightening. And the bullpen is just as frightening. <laughs> Justin, we discussed a little bit yesterday. What are kind of your views on the other side? What is your take on this Yankees staff like for me personally I'll throw mine Nestor Cortez is to me the most terrifying pitcher they have but uh what do you think about the Yankees yeah I think you're right Nestor Cortez is definitely the I don't want to say secret weapon it shouldn't be a secret at this point but um yeah Stacey Jeff and I were both opining yesterday that we were surprised that 
Nestor Cortez would not be lined up for two starts in the series because um, from our perspective, he has been the better pitcher all year than Garrett Cole, especially in the second half. And Cleveland has had a hard time with left-handers all season long, very left-handed heavy lineup. And it seems like New York's only going to have two lefties in the bullpen. And I don't know how much they trust those left-handed relievers. So more Nestor Cortez would seem like a good way to keep the Guardians offense in check. Yeah, I, I, I get why they have Cole as the number one, because he's the $324 million man. But yeah, I opined on Monday show. I was I was complaining, basically, that I wanted Cortez to be, because he earned it. He's the ace this season. You know, he may not have as many innings. He may not have as many strikeouts, but his ERA is lower. He didn't give up 33 home runs in the regular season to lead the AL like Garrett Cole did. And I would much rather have Nestor Cortez be in those two games. What about the lefties in the bullpen, too? I mean, how 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 much faith is there in, in Wani Peralta, who hasn't pitched in two months, and then Lewis Lipke? Right there. Is gonna, Lucas Lipke is going to be the other lefty? Yeah, Lucas Lipke has been, you know, from where he came from, where he hadn't pitched in the majors since 2015, and he came out of nowhere last year, and I'm pretty confident with him. He's had a couple of clunkers, but for the most part, he's done pretty well all year. And Peralta, let's see, he's been out a couple of weeks, and I would say I trust those two guys more than I would trust the missing Aroldis Chapman <laughs> out of the bullpen, you know, no matter the handedness, like I would prefer those two coming out of the bullpen over him. So I'm not too worried about those two guys. Again, I really like Licky's story. I mean, he literally came out of nowhere and, you know, not only made the team, but really contributed to the team the last two seasons. And it's one of those feel-good stories that you don't normally see on the Yankees. It's kind of like, whoa, where'd this guy come from? They took a flyer on him, and he came out of nowhere, and he's doing pretty well. It is. Uh, I was. I didn't expect this. I was kind of curious since you talked about Garrett Cole leading the majors in, uh, in home runs. The a- I think it's the AL, right? Or, the a- um, or is it the majors? <laughs> I saw I, AL. <laughs> I, I don't think I split this. So I think it's, yeah, it's all leagues. He leads both leagues. Uh, German Marquez with 30 would be the number one guy in the He's fourth overall. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, the Guardians, is 11th. But I didn't expect this. Number two most home runs on the Guardians, Cal Quantrell, who's starting in game one. Mm. Uh, we we thought that that might be intentional because he's not. And his home run rate isn't as high as, say, Bieber. Uh, but the Guardians have three, all three of their starters in the top 30 in terms of home runs given up this year in baseball. Total, not rate, but just total home runs given up. This Yankees team hit a lot of home runs this year. But... I had um, I was curious. I had a conception that they had massively cooled outside of Judge after that initial start. We were going through some of just win loss data yesterday. Did they recover a bit towards the end? Oh, Do, yeah. Were you feeling a lot more confident? But wasn't there a mid season decline before this oh. rebound? Well, the thing about it was they were so unlucky in a lot of those games because there was that really bad stretch in August. They were they finished 10 and 18, but they lost so many one run games that it wasn't like they were blown out of games. Like a lot of these games were really bad luck games. And it was just like, what is happening with this team? Because the games that they were winning in the early part of the season where they were winning a lot of one run games and coming back and doing things, it was like the opposite was happening in that streak. And it was just very weird to watch. And I joked about that month was their worst August or their worst month since 1991. And the 1991 team was horrible, not as bad as 1990, but pretty close. And I joked with my listeners and viewers on YouTube. I said, 
You always wondered what 1990 was like. Basically, August was 1990 for the Yankees. They basically fell off a cliff and then September they picked it up and they won, I think there were 20 there 27 games there and they were 20 and 7 at one point. So yeah, they picked it up when they needed to. Thank goodness for us. <laughs> because who that would have been bad. They, you know, ended up winning the division by 7. It got a little scary there and it got really close because they had that really big lead and then with all that horrible play, it looked like maybe Toronto could catch up to them. But when the Yankees were doing really bad, the Blue Jays had a stretch where they were one and nine and could not capitalize on the Yankees doing badly. So that giant lead that they built up in the beginning of the year really helped them out during that spell. But yeah, they've picked it up a bit at the end. Jeff, that kind of sounds like the Guardians and that stretch against the Orioles and the Mariners where the White Sox and Twins just didn't do anything. And and that kept the Guardians in first place and long enough to turn it on. I was going to say, I think, the Yankees and Guardians have the two best records. I, the Mariners have played pretty well on the stretch too, but I think those were two of the hottest teams the final uh, you know, six weeks of the season going into the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. I'm also going to be curious to see how long this layoff or how much this layoff affects them too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like some guys needed to rest a little bit. Like Judge was really trying to get 62, and I know he said it wasn't a big deal, you know, that he was feeling okay, but that had to weigh on him a bit because it was just all eyes on him, literally, with them cutting into football games to watch him try and hit a home run, so I feel like the layoff is going to help some of these guys. Yeah, I, sorry, I was having some flashbacks as you talked about the old Yankees to, like, playing my Super Nintendo. I was actually like, what was the game I played back in the day with that bat, Roberto Kelly and, like, center field with the Yankees? I just, I was having some flashbacks to <laughs> a childhood uh speaking of flashing back not really but let's take our first break in the show we got we still got the bullpen to talk about we haven't even mentioned aaron judge like outside of like flirtatious mentions no mention at all jose ramirez there's so much that we still have to get to in this episode so make sure you jump back after the ad read and our ad today we have bet online I call them one of the Mount Rushmore of advertisers. They've been with us forever, and we appreciate that. BetOnline is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. And if you're curious, see, Cleveland is a plus 180. The Yankees are a negative 210, so the Yankees are favored. And in terms of odds to win the World Series, Cleveland is currently tied for last at plus uh, 1,200. The Yankees are the fourth best odds. Or no, tied for third best with Atlanta at 550. Yankees number two to win the American League, Cleveland last. But if you are a fan of Cleveland, this is the same story we heard last round, where Cleveland was the lowest favorite and the only favorite to advance of the four games. Let's, you know, we we talked about pitching. Let's talk a little bit more about the bullpen. From our perspective, Cleveland's is very good. They're very scary. When we were talking about the Yankees yesterday, that bullpen looked beleaguered and beat up yeah you know is how what's what's this current situation with clay holmes and if he is not the guy who do you feel comfortable with in like that eighth and ninth inning role as you know a fan of this team hmm. 
I don't really feel comfortable with too many people. Maybe Jonathan Loisica. Maybe. Um, Holmes is definitely not available for game one. They're going to find out um, if he's going to be ready for game two. I, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, mm, I was sort of hoping that Severino would come out of the bullpen, but then I thought about it and I'm like, no, I don't want Tyone as the third starter. I want Severino as the third starter. They have Lou Trevino. He's been picking it up lately. You know, he started off a little rough when he first came over to the Yankees, but he's been pretty good lately. Um, and let's see, Greg Weissert. He's a young kid, has the mustache. It's not as powerful as Carpenter's and Cortez's yet. And he has some wicked movement on his pitches. He's a little too wild, I think, for him to <laughs> be closing. Loisica has a little bit of experience in that position. So I'd feel, I think, more comfortable with him coming out in that position if Clay Holmes can't do it. Uh, Scott Efros, he picked up a couple of saves down the stretch. And he's coming back from injury, but he pitched, I think, two outings before the end of the season. So, yeah, he should be, maybe. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, Je Jeff's power went out went, uh, midway through us. So we'll see if we can add him back in here. We'll have to, to carry this a little bit. So do you think they'll probably have to lean on that starting pitching as long as they can? Is that probably the best plan for them at this point is to I limit so. how much they use that bullpen? Yeah, or they might do closer by committee, depending on the situation. You know, so you may see Jonathan Loisaga close one game. You may see jo uh, Scott Efros close another one because that was kind of happening down the stretch while they were all covering for Holmes. And if he can't play, then that might be uh, what happens. It'll be interesting to see. Instead of having, you know, how the Rays would have the opener and then you'd have like 15 guys pitch and it's going to be the opposite for the Yankees where the bullpen's going to be like that toward the end of the game. We'll see what happens. Do you think they'll um, have any of the starters come out of the bullpen in that case? I mean, we've seen the playoffs all the time, how people, you know, have been leaning on their starters as relievers. Do you think that might be a way for them to kind of leverage their starting pitching in, in wake of the bullpen issue? Sure. They could possibly, if they need Tyone to come in as a long man, he could come in, you know, even I don't know if Herman's going to make the roster, but if he does, he could also do the same thing. I know they probably don't have that much experience doing it, but, you know, all hands on deck, it's the playoffs. Yeah, right. Yeah. Especially the deeper you go into the series, everyone kind of has to be on the table. Um, you said you got to look at that 15 inning game against uh, the Rays out of the bullpen. Uh, any names stick out of you? Obviously, Emmanuel Classe hasn't blown a lot of saves. He did blow one in New York earlier this year, but uh, obviously been good. Anybody uh, stick out at you? You're like, wow, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Yankees. Ugh, see, okay. I'm so bad at remembering names. It's my ADHD brain. So I'm kind of like, oh, I can't remember he, his name, obviously, because everyone talks about him and um, how he does throw some names at me. Let me see. <laughs> well, Sam Henches went uh, three innings to, to win the game. He was, you know, the last guy to pitch for, Homer from Oscar Gonzalez, uh, Nick Sandlin pitched, but he got hurt and he's out for the season now. Ooh, um, yeah. Everybody was on deck. Trevor Steffen, who you might remember as a, uh, a Yankees minor league prospect, he pitched. Um, I'm trying to think goes. James Karinchek, you know, also did throw an inning out there as well. They used everybody. Eli Morgan uh, got, got them in extra innings. Uh, and Yell De Los Santos, who is kind of a career journeyman, who's had a pretty good season for them. So everybody in that bullpen, I think got innings uh, at that point in the season, but Sam Henches was the last guy in that game who right. was the lefty that earned the win. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how long the starters last for both teams, because that's the key, I think. Um, it's the key for the Yankees because they don't want the bullpen to be overused because it's been overused and they're short a couple of players now because of Chapman being AWOL and Holmes not being back, at least for game one. And, you know, I know that Cortez and Cole did okay against the Guardians in the regular season, but the regular season is you can't go by what the regular season is because I remember 2017 thinking, oh God, the Yankees are getting swept in this series because of the way they played, the Cleveland played, especially in Yankee Stadium. I was at a double header in late August and I just watched I mean, the yeah. Yankees lose. I was just like, oh man. So when I saw that they were matched up against them in that division series, I basically assumed, oh, this is going to be really bad. And especially after the way game two went with that infamous Joe Girardi not challenging whatever that play was. And then the grand slam happened. And then, you know, Cleveland comes back with that big. And it was just, yeah, I really thought that that's was, that's what was going to happen. So, I mean, you saw it in the wild card series. I don't know if people really thought the Padres were going to beat the Mets, but they did. <laughs> yeah. The wild card series, you know, Cleveland, Cleveland was the only team to defend home field. Uh, everybody yeah. else who was at home, didn't crazy? win their wild card series and, and and three what three of the teams got swept except for the Cardinals the only ones that didn't get swept yeah no the Cardinals did the Cardinals got oh that's swept. right they the did get, the I'm ones. sorry you're right it was yeah it was the, the Mets, Mets were the only ones swept. yeah and the Cardinals yeah whew, that that ninth inning you know if that sort of thing happens because you know I was wondering with your 15 inning game against the Rays with the way things weren't happening I was wondering if there was going to be a later inning thing where someone exploded or I was thinking whichever team scores like one run, like if the Rays score a run, I felt like they would win that game kind of a thing. And I was just waiting for that to happen. And then the 15th inning happens. And like I said, I predicted 15. So I don't know if I should. <laughs> so it was your fault. Yeah, it was my fault. I'm so sorry. Yeah. People <laughs> were blaming me. They're like, why did you have to put that out into the universe? I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know why I did that. I yeah. Thanks. I was at, at that game. I had to, I had to sit through all that. It was uh, a gut punch. Every inning, they didn't score a run. Every inning looked like, it looked like the Rays are going to score a run. It was the, the end of the world, even though there was, there could have been a game the next day. Every, every inning felt like it was the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't a one and done sort of a thing. Cause those games are, those are not, I hard. know. This, this is why this format's been better. No yeah. no one and dones. I think that was unfair. I mean, I know everyone's like, oh, the Mets, they won 101 games, and uh, three days later, they went home. But at least it wasn't one day, and they did win one game, and Look, they had the, chances. The Giants <laughs> in 1993 won 103 and didn't make the playoffs because Atlanta won 104. And that was before the Central and before the, or before the wild card. And it so, yeah, I know everyone's crying about teams that, oh, yeah, with the Mets, they won 101. It's not fair that they're, or, you know, that they're a wild card and they have to do this, but could be worse. There couldn't, maybe there wouldn't be a wild card and you wouldn't make the playoffs. <laughs> like, think yeah. about Seattle. They wouldn't have made the playoffs if there weren't wild cards. They'd still have that drought. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's tough to think about. And the Phillies, too. Yeah. yeah. There's some little there drought, too. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think where we were going after that, uh, the pitching and the 15 inning game. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Cleveland just kind of outlasted the Rays in terms of the bullpen, they, they forced the Rays to go to their last couple of relievers. And that's how they ended up winning. Yeah. And I'd imagine that's how Cleveland would like to play too with the Yankees is just kind of outlast. And that's probably going to, I referred to Cleveland last week as uh, 
baseball's cockroaches. They kind of feel like the 2014 Giants where uh, nobody expects them to really do anything and you expect them to just go away and they just they just keep showing up. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they don't want to yeah. go away. I told Yankee fans to um, sleep on them. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of picks the other way too. And I'm, I'm very surprised to see how many people feel like um, Cleveland has a chance in the series. And, you know, Cleveland hits the the second least amount of home runs <clears throat> in baseball this year, and they need two home runs. They only score uh, three runs in the wild card series, and they're both on home runs um, to, to win that series. And I'm like, well, they can't beat the Yankees at their game. If they try to beat the Yankees by hitting home runs, they're probably going to lose. But the way I look at it is if they don't hit Garrett Cole, like if they don't hit a home run off Garrett Cole, they're probably going to lose because that seems to be the only way you beat Garrett Cole is if you don't get a home run off him, then he's he's going to beat you. That's what yeah. it seems like, at least. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like I could hit a home run off Garrett Cole if he threw me the right pitch. Man, that's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah, it's very strange. I know Jose Ramirez has had a lot of success against him. Yeah. But I don't know if anybody else on the team has faced him. And like you said, not looking at the regular season because the Yankees were on fire. They were going to break the all-time wins record in the, in the regular season in July, it seemed like, and then Cleveland wasn't the same in July, and now they're both, you know, two very different teams from then. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, I'd be curious to see. I, I, haven't, I don't have the numbers in front of me that um, how many of those home runs that Garrett Cole has given up, have they come in Yankee Stadium? And I know people will get into, you know, the dimensions, but I know, I know left and center field are – a lot deeper than some ballparks in right field. I just wonder how many of those home runs um, come in Yankee Stadium. Does it seem like most of them do come at home? I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, hmm. I could look at the numbers and not be lazy, but yeah, I was I just curious to, if that was like a perception. I have to think about that. Because I, I didn't even look at his splits with home runs. I was looking at Judge's splits because people were, you know, when he got to 60, they're like, well, he plays in Yankee Stadium. And when he was at 60, he had 30 on the road and 30 at home. <laughs> <laughs> and he also hits yeah. the ball like 450 feet a lot of the times. And it's like, why are you even bringing up the fact that he plays in Yankee Stadium when he hits the ball, you know, that far? But for Cole, you know, I'm trying to think of all the home runs that he's given up. Um, oh, you know, some in Fenway. <laughs> uh, oh, he yeah. gave up one in Texas the other day in his last start. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, it looks like. Uh... 19 on the road and 14 at home. So actually uh, a pretty even balance, but a yeah. little more on the road. So I guess yeah. there goes that, you know, whole fallacy, which I think that happens a lot in New York where people are like, oh, more home runs happen there. But really when you look at the numbers, it ends up kind of being even at the end of the year. Yeah. That the thing about Cole that's odd about him is I was saying how him and Tyone were very similar this year. Tyone was doing really great. And he threw, I think it was like eight scoreless innings against the Angels. And then after that start, he fell off a cliff. And he had a bunch of starts where he couldn't make it past the fifth, couldn't make it. In, like, it was just really odd. Where Cole will have a couple of good starts and then a clunker, a couple of good starts and a clunker. But their numbers were really similar outside of the strikeouts. Cole obviously had more, but the home runs were similar. And it was a similar way in which they would give up the home runs. Like sometimes they were cruising and all of a sudden they'd give up a home run. Like that one game where Cole was doing really well. And then he gave up like a three run home run and the Yankees ended up losing the game because of that home run. And he had very strange lines where he'd give up five runs, but he'd also strike out 10. It's like, 
<laughs> make up your mind. It was like, it reminded me of, I'm going to go back to my time of being a bad student. I had undiagnosed ADHD. Okay. But there was a quarter in high school where I had three B's and three F's. And my mom's like, how is this possible? How do you have three B's and three F's? And that's how I feel sometimes when I see Garrett Cole's line when he has a game like that where, you know, se seven runs on five hits, 10 strikeouts, no walks, and three home runs. And it's like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> and I, I think he leads all of baseball in strikeouts too. So he's struck yes. out the most batters this season. But yeah, as Jeff said before he – yeah. And yeah. before Jeff left us, he said that he was second or third in the league in home runs allowed. So – Yes. Yeah. Very, very bizarre. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. that is so strange. I guess that's going to be an interesting game one. He'll be the guy they turn to uh, twice in that series. Um, yeah. We haven't really talked much about hitting yet, and we can do that in just a second. I have going to be very honest with you. I have not done a lot of ad reads. I'm doing this solo for the first time uh, without Jeff. So we're going to get our way through this. Our next sponsor is Simply Save. Uh, numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. Uh, companies do not earn the trust of people without doing something right. Uh, it's Simply Safe. The only thing, your safety is the only thing that matters. And uh, yeah, companies in this market, they don't get the reputation that Simply Safe has because um, they've been around. They, they've got the statistics and, and the. Um, advocates for, for what they've done over the years. They have all the people out there who, who can testify to um, just how much they protect your home using cutting edge technology powered by 24 seven personal monitoring agents who always have your back. Um, you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com. Uh, use the code lockdown MLB save 20% on your simply safe security system. When you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan, get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com uh, backslash lockdown MLB to learn more. There is no safe like Simply Safe. I think I did okay with that yeah. for my first time getting through that. Simply Safe's got a great reputation, a lot of people vouching for them. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, in terms of hitting, uh, I guess if we want to make this a nice transition, um, who are the hitters on the Yankees you feel really good about facing? Guardians pitcher since you talked about how good their pitching was in that race series. I know obviously Aaron Judge, um, the way I looked at it is Aaron Judge is probably going to hit his home runs in the series to do something. And I said the Guardians pitchers just have to not let anybody else beat them. So who do you who else do you feel like is kind of key for them to step up offensively? Um, Giancarlo Stanton. Um, he was heating up a bit at the very end uh, because he was coming back from that Achilles tendonitis. Uh, if anyone out there has had a tendonitis in any part of their body, they know it is not fun. I had it in the knee one time and ooh, it was bad. So it's kind of hard to come back from that sort of injury, you know, especially in your foot and your batting and your, you know, swinging and digging your heels in and twisting and all that stuff. So it can't be easy. Matt Carpenter, they're expecting to come back. He hit a home run off Nestor Cortez in live batting practice, which is kind of funny because you don't want to see Nestor Cortez give up any home runs, but it's good that Matt Carpenter's <laughs> hitting them. And he was hitting solid singles off Luis Severino. Again, you don't really want to see that from the pitching side, but seeing Matt Carpenter be able to hit pitches like that, that's a good sign. And I think they're going to protect him by DHing him and not having him in the outfield. And I think hitting-wise... I'm really hoping that Oswaldo Cabrera came up 
unheralded. They were just bringing this kid up because there were so many injuries and they've put him in left field. They had him play right field. They've had him play throughout like the infield. Except I don't think he's played first, but I think he played pretty much every other position and everywhere they've put him, he's done really well. And he just plays the game with a smile on his face. He doesn't crumble under pressure. And I'm really hoping that he could be a key to the Yankees success in this series, just because it doesn't seem like, being in the spotlight is scaring him at all. And I really love that about him. And I think that could be, he could be one of those dark horse guys that you don't expect to do something in a series because he's a young kid and he could possibly do that. And Glaber Torres has turned things around. I say that it's because his kid is old enough to sleep through the night now. And he's probably not as tired as he was in the beginning of the season because he's starting to hit the ball well too. Not just home runs, but actually hitting doubles and singles and, you know, looking better at the plate. So I think those guys are key. Um, oh, and Anthony Rizzo also. I just am wondering how... I know that Boone was putting Judge leadoff to help him get more at-bats so he could get to 61, 62. And I'm wondering how the lineup is going to look for game one, if they're going to continue with Judge in the leadoff spot. Because he's done pretty well in the leadoff spot. It's just amazing that a guy who's 6'7", 282, and hits 62 home runs in the regular season is your leadoff guy because he's not a typical leadoff guy. I kind of thought they were leading off Aaron Judge. I, I didn't know that, that they were doing that for the for the home runs, maybe, but kind of thought, you know, if he's hitting leadoff, he's a lot harder to walk. Yes. You know, guys, you're not going to walk in to get guys behind him. I thought there was something behind that, and that's why I think it would make sense to start with him. Not, Cleveland's not going to walk him, and, you know, they respect the rest of the lineup, but I would think that's got to have something to do with it if they continue to leave him in the leadoff spot as well. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's there. Plus, if LeMahieu is injured and they're not playing him, I would expect Judge to be leading off yeah what was the latest update let me hear i did see a couple of yankees reporters today on, on monday as we record this um talking about him going through a workout do we know what his status is going into tuesday i think it's last minute they're gonna figure out if he's gonna be ready um and if he's not i'm really hoping oswald peraza is put in another kid the the one that they were one of the ones that they were holding on to during the trade deadline and during the offseason this past year and not trading away or giving away to other teams. And, you know, when he plays, he does well. He hits well. He plays shortstop really well, better than IKF, who has trouble defensively at shortstop. And I would really like for them to give Oswald Peraza a chance over Marwin Gonzalez. But we'll see what happens there. I will say not, and, and and probably if Marwin Gonzalez factors into this into the series for the Yankees, probably not a great thing for them. Uh, I always say about Cleveland's bench, you know, if, if anybody in Cleveland's bench factors into the series, that means things have probably gone wrong, and that's not a good thing. I don't know how it is for Gonzalez, but I will say in the past, I don't know how much it had to do with with the the cheating scandal with the Astros, but I feel like you know the, the Altuve's, the Bregmans, the Correas, they've all been very good since then. And I feel like Marlon Gonzalez has not been good since then. And, and he crushed Cleveland uh, during that stretch. So I don't know if that was it, but it certainly is a weird coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. That was a very <laughs> weird coincidence. Um, that'd be interesting if they go with Peraza. Cause you know, obviously Cleveland's had 17 rookies this year. They're led by a lot of young kids. So having more kids play against more young kids. That's always fun. Let the kids right. play. Like I'm hoping the Yankees look at your team <laughs> as an example and think, Maybe we should have Cabrera and Peraza playing over the older guys and just give them a chance to help the team win. I mean, why not? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure nobody's, I mean, you're hoping that Josh Donaldson, you know, comes through in the series. You're hoping that um, Harrison Bader or IKF or Jose Trevino give you something offensively. Obviously, you're, you're counting on them for defense, but uh, Josh Donaldson in the middle of your lineup, and if you're not sure about Giancarlo Stanton, you definitely yeah. uh, could use a spark from a young player, especially if DJ LeMahieu, who's been one of the most reliable players for them, um, He's been unbelievable he's since he came over, and the only times that he's not is when he's injured. But no one, no one expected 2019 from DJ LeMayhew. He didn't even start opening day, and he – it's just unbelievable what he did. By the way, my cat knocked over my ring light, which is why I was scrambling to <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm holding it right now. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, yeah. we, we can wrap this up soon so your cat can stop uh, <laughs> knocking things over and making life difficult. We're already down a host here. We don't need to go down – uh, another host in there. Um, I would say for Cleveland, like I said, I, I think they can't afford to get into a home run battle with the Yankees. Obviously nobody can, uh, especially Cleveland hitting the second least amount of home runs. But I just, I just wonder if they're going to be able to collect hits. I think it's going to be a timely home run for them. Yeah. Um, uh, if you remember that 2020 series, like I said, I tried to block out 2020 as much as I could. Yeah. Uh, but Josh Naylor had a really good series against the Yankees in 2020. He was like the only player, that showed up in that postseason. I have a feeling that uh, Josh Naylor is going to have to have a big series for Cleveland. I think that Jose Ramirez is going to be important for Cleveland. I just wonder how how much they're going to get on base. And obviously, I think Trevino is a really good defender yes. behind the plate, right? So going to limit stolen bases as well. That's a key for Cleveland. Yeah. Um, Higashioka is also good behind the plate. They're both, you know, they're stronger than Sanchez in that way. Um where Sanchez was really good at throwing guys out, you could he was you couldn't take that away from him. It was everything else behind the plate that he was having trouble with. But you know, these two, they're they're good behind the plate. It's so much better. And the Yankees defense overall, even in the infield, has tightened up this year, which has helped them win games. And as long as they don't screw up too much, because <laughs> you know, the playoffs, any little thing happens, especially in a five-game series, it can go either way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so Matt Carpenter is going to be interesting. Cleveland's only got one left-handed reliever in Sam Henches. They dropped uh, Kirk McCarty, who didn't even pitch in the wildcard series. He was kind of there in emergency. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Matt Carpenter, Anthony Rizzo, and Cabrera uh, factor in. I don't know how much of a factor Aaron Hicks is going to be. I know he's a switch hitter. I don't really know uh, where, yeah. where things stand with him at this point. He was a great player. He tortured Cleveland in 2017, I think even 2020 a little bit. But uh, Yeah, he um, – the- it's funny that Chapman didn't show up to that practice because he wasn't sure if he was making the roster and he wanted to be sure that he was making the roster. Aaron Hicks doesn't know if he's making the roster because there are other guys that can play over him who performed better than him this season. And he was at Yankee stadium at the mandatory Mm. workout. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I just, I really wish that he could get it together. I thought in the first half that maybe he was coming back from that wrist surgery and that had something to do with it. And then every time you thought he was going to heat up, you know, you had that, uh, game tying home run against Houston in the series here against Houston. And it kind of felt like that would be the spark for him, but he just never got it going this season. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious to see uh, as we wrap things up here, um, Cleveland, like I said, very, not very left-handed heavy bullpen, which is probably good. I mean, I wonder your concerns Yankees being so right-handed heavy and all of Cleveland's pitching being very right-handed. And then, uh, the lack of lefties in Cleveland's lineup, um, lack of lefties for the Yankees and Cleveland's lineup doing poorly against them. 
but being a more left-handed friendly lineup, I wonder how much things are going to, you know, factor in with those couple things. Yeah. Should be interesting. <laughs> Do you want to give a prediction before we get out of here? You don't? No, I, I do not. No, I am not good at predicting these things. And I always feel like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I didn't want to put you on the spot. I did that to some people yesterday. I was doing a, a Twitter spaces and everyone gave me one. And they, of course, they were all leading Cleveland. And I said, if this goes five, definitely the Yankees. And then if Cleveland doesn't wrap it up in four, then it's, it's going to the Yankees. I think nobody wants to go back to Yankee Stadium. Uh, for game five, especially because I have no idea how Cleveland's pitching is going to line up for game five. Yeah. Yeah. The good thing is the weather is supposed to be really nice tomorrow night. No problems. Thursday is iffy, though. I have to say we, hmm. they're expecting storms Thursday afternoon through Friday morning. So uh, you could be seeing game two on Friday, possibly. That's interesting. Yeah. We never we never get to talk about it. We're not going to go into it now because it'll take too long. But the schedule, yeah. the first three games is so strange. I've never seen it like that. Yeah, I don't like it. Just get them over with. Do the first two, one after the other, then have the off day, then three and four, and then do five. Why are they doing it like this? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. It's ratings. <laughs> yeah, well, they already shoved Cleveland to noon on, on a Friday last week, and that won't be the case against New York, but just it's so weird how they've designed the schedule to try to maximize. If you're watching YouTube, I'm using air quotes, maximize uh, view time, but uh, seems to be sort of detrimental i don't know very strange uh we'll see how the weather looks right now looks good for cleveland uh in the two games they're coming home to if they make they play two games but it's cleveland so we know that the weather could change 20 minutes from now we'll see mm. all right well i think we've carried this long enough without jeff hopefully everybody enjoyed the conversation uh stacy thanks for taking time to join us and talk about this where can everybody find you and uh, listen to Lockdown Yankees. Yeah, you find me. You can find me on Twitter, Stace Gotts, because Stacey Gottsulius is too long. And you can find Lockdown <laughs> Yankees at Lockdown Yankees, all one word. You can find Lockdown Yankees on YouTube and on every podcasting platform available. There are new ones popping up every day, it seems. And yeah, this should be an interesting series. I'm sort of looking forward to it. My anxiety is not looking to forward to it, but, you know, every other part of me is. That's the best part about playoff baseball is it's it's the worst and the best at the same time that's why baseball uh continues to be the best please for lockdown guardians please subscribe to youtube as jeff always says we are super close to the thousand subscriber mark we only need uh a little under 300 i know it doesn't seem like that close but it could be very close because those things happen quickly yep um definitely continue to download listen daily appreciate it we'll be back uh, we talked about the idea of going live on, on Tuesday night as uh, the ga game one ends. We'll see how things go if we do that. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow at the very least with the uh, reaction to game one. And who knows? Maybe Stacy will have time for us one more time throughout this series. I'm up for it. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>